and welcome to Tomorrow's Heroes Today, episode three, brought to you by your substitute podcasters from the future. Today, we'll be exploring Legion of Superheroes, volume five, issue three. But first, who are your substitutes from the future today, and what will they have been going to be up to lately? I'm Brent Brickhill, and this week, the 21st century comic I've been reading is Danger Street, number 12. Um, Have you read Danger Street, Derek? I have not even heard of it. So Danger Street is a book um, by Tom King and Jorge Fornes, um, and it is a really interesting reinvention of the first issue specials, the DC first issue specials that came out in the 70s, just before the DC implosion. Um, There were a lot of books released, starring some really sort of obscure characters, um, Shade the Changing Man, the um, Disco Starman, um, Atlas, Manhunter, um, there were um, the Green Machine, um, Lady Cop, Warlord, so quite a diverse bunch. And uh, I think there's a Dr. Fate as well. And um, anyway, King has taken all of these characters, which were totally disconnected, and connected them in this book called Danger Street. And so they sort of have all these multiple storylines that cross over and the characters meet. So we have a sort of a scene where um, Mikhail Thomas's Starman is, is hanging out with um, Travis Morgan's Warlord or lady cops um, walking around with Dr. Fate's helmet and things. So it's it's quite an interesting book. Um, I, having read, I've sort of just got to um, issue 12, which is the finale. Um, I've, I've had a read, but I'm going to need to reread, I think, the whole series from the start <laughs> because it is quite complex. Um, it's quite cerebral as well. Um, probably my favourite issue, I think it was number eight or nine, had two of the characters sitting on a rooftop um, for the whole issue and um, they were just basically sitting on the edge of the roof philosophising and then they have a fight and then they philosophise a bit more and they have another fight and then um, they both end up mortally wounding each other and sort of talk as they're dying on the rooftop. It's it's the most bizarre issue but absolutely brilliant issue. Um, so, um, look, I think it's a, it's a book I'd highly recommend. Um, I think it'll make a great trade paperback. Um, but I'll be I'll be reading rereading the floppies um, over the next month, I'd say. But uh, that's what I've been reading. What have you been reading, Derek? Well, I think I might be reading Danger Street at some point in the future. Uh, but what I have read recently is issue eight of the new Green Lantern series by Jeremy Adams and Amonke Nahulpan, who I'm sure I've just mangled his name. <laughs> uh, now, when this series started, I thought it was very ho-hum. So yet again, we had Hal Jordan on Earth uh, getting his job back as a test pilot, uh, trying to rekindle his relationship with Carol Ferris. It was all going exactly where we've gone before on so many um, times before. But after a few issues, uh, it suddenly started to become very interesting. Uh, For some reason, Hal Jordan's ring does not let him go off Earth. As soon as he gets outside of Earth's atmosphere, his ring 
deactivates and he ends up plummeting back down into the atmosphere until the ring comes back online and he can fly off again. Uh, it also is um, having the UP that the United Planets that uh, Bendis brought in back when he was doing Superman, uh, who have seemed to seem to have taken over the role of the Green Lantern Corps and are now policing the the galaxy. Okay. Um, something has happened to the majority of the Green Lantern Corps. Something has happened to the majority of the Blue Lantern Corps. <clears throat> So there now there are seeds being sown in the book that has made me far more interested to read it than before. I think it was a case of let's set Hal up, we put him in a familiar situation, uh, and then we're going to play around with what's happening. Sounds really interesting. I, I was a big um, Green Lantern fan when Johns was writing it, um, sort of seeing all the development, all those different Lantern cores and things. Um, <clears throat> but it started to suffer the same sort of thing as the Legion in some ways, that it became so convoluted. There were so many characters. You were trying to tr track who belonged to which core and, and you know, what was that character's backstory. And, <clears throat> and so I actually picked up this book as well, Derek, and read the first four issues, um, but I actually let it go because I thought, I thought it was moving a bit slow. So that's interesting. Yes, it's probably only been in the last three issues or so that I've really started going, oh, I think I'll keep going with this. Sounds good. And I, I remember when John's, I think it was John's restarted Green Lantern way back when. <clears throat> it was very similar. It was very much the story of Hal Jordan and Carol Ferris at Ferris Airlines and the test pilot. And <clears throat> I sort of thought, haven't I heard this before? But that book really took off as well. So hopefully um, it does too. So um I might have to check it out again. Yeah. Terrific. Well, um, today we're going to be um, looking at issue three, of volume five. Um, you probably noticed that Derek and I haven't been calling it the three boot very much. Um, that's probably because at this stage it probably wasn't called the three boot. Um, that's, that sort of came along later when, when um, people were discussing, I guess, the different versions of the Legion on um message boards and the like. So um, we might we might give a bit of background later on where the three boot comes from, but uh, we're not there yet. We're just going to call it volume five for now. Um, would you like me to do the read through this time, Derek? Yes, please. Great. Okay. Well, this one's by Wade and Kitson as well. And on the cover, uh, cover dated April 05. And so I'm assuming it came out in February 05. Um, we've got... A triplicate girl on the cover and she's wearing her new costume which is mostly purple with an orange cape and white details down the front and belt and gloves and um, picking up all the colors of previous versions um, but probably the difference on the cover is they the three are all identical this time they're not different and their costumes are not different um, what is different is uh, the first one is holding up one finger, the second one two fingers, and the third one three fingers. And uh, the title of the issue is It's a Magic Number. And they're not holding up fingers in any sort of rude way. No, not at all. Not at all. Just um, in order. Yes. So we open with a shot of a, um, a hand with a Legion flight ring, a gloved hand, um, and it says, Fly, damn you. Why won't you fly? And... Uh, we see triplicate girl hanging from a window above some um, 
burning buildings and uh, she's yelling, because it's coded to my DNA, you jerkwit. So unless you want to go down in galactic history as facts read the martyr instead of facts read the terrorist, I'd give the ring back before we both get buried by what's left of the Metropolis Stratospire. And uh, facts read says, tough talk from a legionnaire who can't change shape or throw lightning or even read minds. How much of a threat are you, triplicate girl? And she reaches up from the ledge she's hanging on and grabs him by the scruff of the neck and hauls him out the window. And uh, as she does, she triplicates and makes a human chain um, holding onto her own hands and he flies down. And right at the last minute, the third triplicate girl in the chain grabs him by the wrist and says, you tell me. Uh, I surrender, he says. Yeah, says triplicate number two. I figured, says triplicate number one. This is a nice use of her power. Oh, it's terrific, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, really clever. Makes a much more proactive character. And one thing I dislike about the girls in the Silver Age Legion is that their powers are all passive just about. Yes. There's an occasional exception to that rule like Supergirl, but, you know, it's very much passive powers and – with Wade being able to do something active with his passive power is just great. And look, she's always had that trijutsu as well. So she probably is one of the more active ones in lots of ways. Um, and uh, she's also been around the longest. So um, other than Satin Girl. Yes. Mission accomplished, Cos, says one of the triplicates. Bad guy apprehended, says the second one. No casualties. And the third. And um, Cos says, and no property damage this time, right? And the third triplicate says, I only have six hands, Cos. Speaking of which, and uh, she's looking at Cos in her hollow ring and starts to merge. Uh, Tell Brainy it didn't work, she says. The ring still isn't triplicating with me. Why can't I just have three? And Cos says, We've gone over this. Flight rings are rare and they're expensive and upping your supply means two other legionnaires will go without. Still, Brainy says he can lick the problem. Come on back to headquarters to see him. And we turn to our uh, our um, credits page and uh, it's got the usual blurb. Ours is the age of peace and tranquility. By the dawn of the 31st century, an Earth-based network of worlds has created a rigidly managed serenity throughout the cosmos, a near utopia. All we, our parents and their parents have ever known is security, stability and order. We're so sick of it, we could scream. And uh, this issue is brought to you by Mark Wade and Barry Kitson, storytellers, Art Thebert finishes, Chris Blythe, colorist, Phil Bolzman, letterer, Harvey Richards, assistant editor and Stephen Wacker, editor. And our Frischman tags for today, um, again, sort of um, labelling our silhouettes. Uh, We've got Cosmic Boy. Before you go on, you forgot the dialogue on the credit page. I'll I'll get to it. Oh, okay. So we've got Cosmic Boy, uh, Legion Leader, Homeworld Brawl, Magnetic Powers, Brainiac 5, Homeworld Kolu, Unparalleled Intellect, Ultra Boy, Homeworld Rimbor, various powers utilised one at a time. Sunboy, Homeworld Earth, Heat Generation, 
Phantom Girl, Home Dimension, Bitskadil, phases through solid matter. I'm sure I said that wrong. Um, Triplicate Girl, Homeworld, Karg, splits into three, and Element Lad, Homeworld, Trom, Molecular Transmutation. And so we've got um, the lab. And I, I might point out, I noticed this as you were reading issue two, Derek, the lab is always dark. Um, it's always kind of moody and shady inside Brainiac 5's lab, and, and it is yet again in this issue. And Cosmic Boy says, Cosmic Boy, over and out, and uh, talking to Triplicate. And um, Brainiac says, really, truly, under what possible circumstance can you imagine that I might refer to a matter energy logistics difficulty as, and I quote, licked? <laughs> Cosmic Boy says, I paraphrased. Beside, when you work, you work better when you're given a project. Zookeeping is a full-time job, says Brainiac 5, clearly referring to the goats from our last issue. And uh, we turn the page and we see a, a um, page from a comic book, and it's a Batman comic, and it says, and Bruce Wayne saying, for you, Vicky, my dear. Why, the Bruce, they're lovely, says Vicky. And uh, we look and it's um, Phantom Girl reading the Batman comic, and uh, she says, Jan, it says here, you're supposed to show up with vegetation. And uh, she's referring to Bruce Wayne giving Vicky Vale a bunch of flowers. And um, Jan says, do I really seem that gullible? Remember when I first joined the Legion, how you spent a week trying to convince me that we have a new member named Atom Girl? That will crop up later on. We do have a member named Atom Girl, says Phantom Girl. She just likes to stay small. She's shy. Very amusing, says Element Lad. Keep reading. What else did people used to do on these dates? Apparently, she says, no one wore capes. Go civvies. And he transmutes his um, cape and and costume into um, civvies, into his civilian clothes. No socialisation. No familiarity. Earthlings are so conservative. Why do I have to wear clothes at all? Says Jen. Uh, you have that in common. She asked the same. She asked me the same thing once. Really? Says Jen. Given her background, it's not surprising. You know about her homeworld, right? Uh, Jen says, actually, no. Oh, then there's your opener. Gonna leave you to it. Have a good time. And uh, clearly his date is knocking on the door. We're about to find out who it is. And she phases through the floor, taking her comic with her. And he opens the door and there is Lornu. Hi, Element Lad, she says. I'm ready for our date. Are you excited? I'm excited. This is going to be so much fun. A real live boy and girl date. And uh, we get a repeat of the same panel. And he's just sort of staring blankly at her. What happens now? He says. She says, I have no idea. And they just sort of stand there looking at each other. And then eventually she says, we could try having a conversation. You start. And he puts his hand to his chin where he's got a, he's now sporting a nice goatee. And again, another pause. And he says, I like being naked. And she says, okay, I'll start. <laughs> I come from a world called Karg, she says, or more accurately, what's left of a world called Karg? And we see three suns together um, over Karg and Karg seems to be sort of crackling with energy. I had to learn that 
My, my earliest memory is of waking up amid the rubble of destruction without the slightest clue who I was or how I'd gotten here. And there she is sort of in the rubble, um, possibly naked from the picture. I could tell from the rubble and from the lingering energy signatures that there'd been some sort of planet-wide catastrophe, leaving me utterly alone. I spent weeks wandering the cities in search of someone, anyone, there were points when I thought I'd go mad from the solitude, but that wasn't the worst of it. And she's sort of wandering through a ruined city. Wild animals had survived, meaning that I was one girl against a world of predators. I did my best to avoid them, but eventually my luck ran out. And we see this giant sort of um, feline or wolf-like creature sort of coming through the darkness. Whoever I was or whatever I'd been, I knew in one in that one awful instant that I was about to become extinct. I could suddenly hear an echo in my head. It was as if my mind was splitting, my thoughts being literally scared out of sync. I was sure I was going crazy, but I was surviving. A natural defence decided to kick in. Suddenly, there were more of me. And outnumbered, the predator ran. I, we stood there agog. Whether it was some inherent ability or something mutated in me, I wasn't sure. But for the first time, I knew companionship. From the three of us came six, then nine, then 16, and so on. Not sure about the math there, Derek. Um, better yet, we could re-merge as easily as we divided in the process, retaining and absorbing the knowledge and experiences of our duplicates. Good thing, because we had a world to rebuild and there was a lot to learn. And we see a picture of about 10 um, Lornus in a library reading up um, and learning. And uh, then we cross to a page where the whole um, town is populated by Lornus. So we've got one Lornu um, fixing the electricity poles. We've got three Lornus having dinner. We've got one Lornu serving them. We've got some Lornus standing around the street talking. We've got some buying vegetables. We've got one riding a, a hover bike. Uh, we've got another two lawnies helping the one that's um, fixing the cabling. And then we've got different ones wandering the street. We've got one um, directing traffic. And uh, this is definitely a new spin, a new take, Derek, I would say, on, on Lornu. It is indeed, yes, a whole planet that's just one person. Yeah, and I thought, I thought this was great when I read this issue. Um, I thought this is a really original take. Um, because we've always thought of her as a triplicate, but re in reality, there's so many more. Uh, you'd think that would have made us feel less alone, she says. And then we see um, Jan and triplicate girl flying into a, looks like a desert island or, or a tropical island. And uh, he says, you aren't alone now. She says, I love being in the Legion. Everything's a new experience. So many new faces to see, new voices to hear new places to visit. Where are we? And he says, it's an undeveloped island. It's remote and nobody ever comes here. Reminds me of home. And she says, is this the kind of place they used to go on dates? And Jan says, you'd have to ask Invisible Kid or Cos. I'm not the history expert. I'm not in the Legion to celebrate the past. I'm here because we're leading a generational revolution that could alter the galaxy. As a Tromian, it's my spiritual duty to be at the nexus of great change. That's what my race is all about, transformation. And he transforms a rock to gas. And uh, 
Unfortunately, he chooses the wrong gas and she starts coughing. <laughs> Sorry, he says chlorine gas. That was the easiest. Try not to breathe it in. <laughs> Whatever the flora and fauna don't absorb, he says, will revert to granite in 60 seconds or so. That's about the limit of my power. So let's take advantage of the time. And he reaches down and plucks a flower and passes it to her. For you, the right of vegetation. <laughs> She sniffs the purple flower and then kisses him on the cheek and he looks very startled and she says, you're sweet. And we cross to Legion headquarters and I believe it's, um, looks like Lightning Lad on the screen. This is Lightning Lad, yes. Yep. Uh, and that's the news from RimWorld 19, he says. Despite its disadvantageous distance from anything even resembling United Planet's stronghold, it suffered a, mad, a massive incursion. Brainiac 5 says, by, by parties unknown, Saturn Girl and I have yet to spot the enemy, says Lightning Lad. Perhaps I can change that, says Brainiac 5. I'm transmitting an image. There any familiarity? To me? No. Who is it? I was hoping you might know, says Brainiac 5. Dream Girl's prophecies confirmed that interstellar war was on the horizon and he was a key figure in her visions. We'll stay vigilant. In the meantime, he loses the signal. Lightning lad, lightning lad, come in. Cosmic boy says to Brainiac 5, signal's lost. No surprise from RimWorld. Give it a minute and try again. Brainiac 5 says, no need. There are suddenly no transmissions coming out of that sector at all. Cosmic boy says, why do you never come to me with any good news? Don't answer that. Just update me every 24 hours until you re-establish contact. Brainiac 5 says, I suggest we dispatch reinforcements. I can use the transmatter to send a Legion strike force just outside the null signal horizon. And from there, Brainy, leave Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl to their own devices. They earn time away after, some, after the zero-sum encounter. We three were the first Legionnaires long before you all came along. They'll handle it. I question your judgment. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it, Derek? Because we haven't actually seen Satin Girl um, as yet in the book. We've seen her in the preview very quickly, sort of in the corner of an image. Yes. But that's that's a big change, not to see them up front and centre from their sort of adventure days. Yes, and there's no um, origin. It's just, you know, like, oh, we were the first three Legionnaires. We don't know how the Legion was formed. Uh, we don't know why they've got UP... Um, uh, approval to do what they do. So, you know, it's like, um, what's the term? Uh, we're in media res, which means, you know, we're coming into a storyline that's already established. Yeah. And I, I quite like that. I like this reference to the zero sum encounter. Um, a bit like um, Starboy's um, bomb in, in issue one that uh, yes. we don't actually get to see the story, but it's referred to. And I remember being very excited about the, the Black Sun incident in, in five years later. Yes. That I think we waited 60 issues or something to find out what it actually <laughs> was. Um, and, and unfortunately not very well told at the time. But, um, yeah, I quite like that stuff. And uh, slow reveals. And it reminds me of Levitz's sort of A, B and C plots as well that um, – this book does bring things in and some of the stuff that's being mentioned will come to fruition. Yes. I also really like the double act between Coz and Brainy. Yes. Yeah. We've got the, the, um, 
I guess the 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 realist and the and the leader. It's um yes. I, I very much like the one between Dream Girl and Brainy as well in that previous issue. Okay, so we'll continue. Um, Cos says, which I'm letting slide um, while you concentrate on decoding Dream Girl's predictions. Averting war is our first priority. The Legion's here to help. We're reflecting the hopes of underages galaxy-wide. We're here to enforce change. We're shaping the hopes of underages galaxy-wide, says Brainiac 5. Cos says, philosophical hair-splitting aside, so long as I'm leading this team, I suggest you put my orders ahead of your pride. Stay focused, says Cos. Stay focused on decoding. Keep me appraised of any communiques. End of list. I'll be in my quarters. We sort of see Brainiac 5 to stand in the shadows and then we see a, a, a figure in the shadows just to see the eyes and it says, how soon can you have the transmitter set up? Brainy says, 10 minutes. Don't let anyone see you when you leave. This is why his lab is always dark. It's so people can lurk in the shadows. And listen in. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think this is reminiscent of, um, I guess, during the... Um, the Levitts, um, I think it was Broderick in those days or, or it might have been Giffen back, um, the conspiracy um, issues oh, uh, yes. that we certainly had Brainiac 5 involved in conspiracies previously. Um, we crossed to um, Dirk Morgner, your son boy, and I can prove it. And we've got um, Dirk, Dirk wearing yes, Clark Kent-style glasses, Um Wrong colour, they're red instead of black. But uh, And we're in Legion Plaza and um, he says, Dirk says, you think I'm some boy? Ah, that's a good one. He's dressed in civilian clothes. And Triplicate Girl says, you're always running off whenever he's needed. And she's holding a purse. And he says, I get indigestion. What do you want from me? Dirk Morgner is son boy. Ha, huh, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Do you have evidence, miss? She says, No pulls out a pair of scissors out of her handbag and says, I'm about to, and snips off a piece of his hair. Hey, he says, that's not how you play the game, you ninny. You just forfeited. But scissors, hair, she says. That's if you're trying to prove I'm Superman, says Dirk. Lovely callback to the Silver Age with obsessive Lois Lane. Absolutely. And uh, Dirk holding the scissors says, try again, miss, but I warn you, if you lunge at me once more with this pointy antique, plain old Dirk Morgner will. Oh, crap. And uh, he melts the scissors and uh, she says, nailed, you are him. And uh, we can see all the all the legionnaires in the in the in the plaza standing looking on. Um, we've got one that looks remarkably like a Jawa. Um, we've got a sort of brutish looking one. We've got one that's sort of in a, in a um, skin tight red costume. We've got one with sort of demon horns. Um, I really like the effort that Kitson's putting into all of these crowd scenes. Yes. Yes. It's not just all humans. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, and there's a call from behind her and it says, that's preposterous. He can't be sun boy. I am. And um, we see another sun boy appear. Behind the crowd, everyone looks startled. Um, Dirk looks relieved. And uh, Dirk and Lorna are looking at Sunboy. And suddenly he transforms into Chameleon. 
um, Chameleon Boy. And he says, what? You said 2 o'clock, Legion Plaza. You said I could play. What? And uh, Chameleon's got a new costume as well. Do you want to describe that, Derek? Yeah, sure. So this Chameleon costume is a basic blue bodysuit. The sleeves only come down to the forearm. There's a white panel on the chest and shoulders, and on that white panel is a blue triangle, a red circle, and a yellow square. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of geometric significance to that, but I'm not good enough to know what that would be. Um, I would say they're all different shapes, and chameleon can a chameleon boy a chameleon can assume all different shapes because remember this is a non-gendered chameleon as well. So it's not chameleon boy, it's just chameleon. Yes, they're playing, you're right, they're playing up the... Um, the um, Androgynous. Androgyny of him. I think I think we better take a drink there, um, Derek, for me messing up a name um, oh, no. quite badly. <laughs> and um, so anyway, I'll continue. So Dirk says, timing, Cam, it's all in the timing. And uh, Triplicate laughs. I have timing, says Cam. And uh, Dirk um, transforms into his Sunboy outfit. And uh, there must, it seems to be a function of the ring because his ring's glowing. Yes. Uh, it made sense when Element Lad transformed, but it seems it's the ring that's changing them into their costumes. Uh, we'll catch up with you later, bud, says Dirk. Hey, I feel like a Kono juice, he says to Triple Good Girl. And Chameleon says, funny, you don't look like a Kono juice. Stupid sun boy, razza, razza, razza. <laughs> and uh, Dirk says, I heard you might have a little something, something going on with Element Lad. He's not going to be mind that you're meeting with me. Why should he, she says. Besides, I don't suss how much he and I have in common, you know. And he says, like, why you joined the Legion? He said, fishing. You first. And he says, I'm fairly aligned with Cos's views. Call me a loyalist, he says. I wasn't there for the founding, obviously, but anyone who saw it on Earthcast won't forget it. It was really inspiring. Believe it or not, my parents encouraged me to join. You? No Earthcast, she says. No, uh, no parents. It was about two years ago. We'd been contacted by the fledgling United Planets on an exploratory run. They wanted to begin alliance talks. We weren't sure how to cope with all with our first off-worlders, so we all gathered together for the first time in years and put all our heads together in one. And she merges the thousands of triplicate girls. We decided to send three of ourselves with them as a delegation to Earth. So they split again and just send three to the ship. We claimed it was to learn about the UP, but really we were more intrigued by this legion of superheroes they, th they spoke of. I met with the Legion and they accepted me in the, in a way the UP never would. And we see a scene of her uh, merging back into one and meeting the three founders. Um, I think this might be the first good shot we get of um, Satin Girl in the book, actually. Her costume, not that different, perhaps just a, a longer, well, she's got a cape. And the cape is integral to the costume. It's not like it's a separate item. Yes, and it's only sort of a, it only sort of comes down to her legs. It doesn't cover her legs. It was utterly thrilling. True. Since we had no sense of the concept of conflict, joining a fighting team was a real adjustment for us. But we couldn't meet enough Legionnaires. 
Every face, every race was brand new to us after a virtual lifetime of seeing and knowing only ourselves. Every adventure, every experience has been an adventure and we see three of her adventures there. So one, she's fighting against some sort of insectoid creatures um, and another one, she's flying through a sort of, I guess a cloud or a vortex with Cosmic Boy and Starboy. And in the third one, one of herself is uh, running from a, I guess, a, a dragon-like beast with big teeth. And we cross back to her date with Sunboy who says, for someone from a world full of lookalikes, that's a pretty unique answer. Thank you, she says. Where are you from? He says, I'm not sure I've ever used these words in a sentence before, but Let's not talk about me. Who came up with the name Triplicate Girl? That's the sun boy of old. Indeed. And she says, she can't be Triplicate Girl. I am. Actually, she doesn't say that. It's someone else. And there's another Triplicate Girl standing there. And Triplicate Girl standing there transforms into Chameleon. Oh, and he laughs. And some boy laughs. <laughs> And um, Chameleon says, stupid legionnaires, be a Varrokian dung beast, Cam. Can't I be a puppy instead? No, we need a dung beast. Stupid, stupid legionnaires, says Cam. <laughs> and uh, we cross to Metropolis Stratospire, which has been rebuilt after um, the earlier incident. Finish there, Colossal Boy, says Light Lass. Um, micro Lad. He says, it's micro lad. We'll take a drink there. And Colossal Boy says, I don't call you not light lass when you're not using your powers, do I? Oh, forget it, he says. I can't stay mad at you little people. You crack me up. And I think it's Lyle says, uh, 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 we're on another subject. Why are we rebuilding one of the ugliest skyscrapers in the city again? Faxred destroyed it, not us. And uh, we see um, Colossal Boy and Lightless fitting panels into the building. Interestingly, I've only just noticed this, Derek. Lightless has a, a large arrow on the front of her um, top and on her legs pointing upwards. She's yes. actually got two of them on her back. Yes. Uh, first time I've ever noticed that. Yes. Two on the back. Uh, she says, it's part of COS's public relations strategy. If we act responsibly, the science police have less excuse to harass us, she says. Is that likely, says Lyle. Let's find out, she says. And a um, science police vehicle flies in. Legionnaires, vacate this area immediately. Colossal boy says, what are we doing wrong? And the science police officer says, you are untaking, undertaking unauthorised construction of a public building. And Colossal boy says, or to put it another way, helping. Hardly, says the science police. Our Velocity crews can have it reconstructed to strict science police standards overnight, and we trust their work. Step aside before you do more damage. What more, says Colossal Boy? We didn't blow anything up this time. The terrorists did. The ones you keep out of the media. The SP would have blamed this on a fusion power leak thus undercutting and abating any instance of unnecessary public, what's the word I'm looking for? Terror. By being so free about this, you hand Faxred's faction their publicity. 
And uh, Colossal Boy says to the science police ship, which is hovering in front of his face, are you suggesting I hide? Science police say, you have 60 seconds to clear the area or you will be arrested. No good deed goes unpunished, does it? Says Light Lass. Their loss, says Colossal Boy as they fly away. And um, Invisible Kid phases back in. He's been invisible, hiding from the police. Um, by the way, Invisible Kid, nice of you to join us again. Phew, he says. And we cross to one of the um, kids in the plaza. This way, I know that, that, that sound. And the other kid says, you lie. And they run off together. See, dear, these clusterlings are in, becoming entirely too common Noisy, chaotic. This is why civilised people oughtn't congregate in public. I thought it would be nice to step outdoors. We see a couple walking along the street, fully clothed, covered up um, so that they don't get any, any, I guess, infections or anything. Nobody's heard a noise like that since about a million years ago, says one of the kids, and they're all running in the same direction. And the, the couple that are uh, masked up say, and do what? Bask in the tumult? Sniff. <laughs> They're even polluting the air now, savages. And we see the source of the pollution. There's a hot rod car, sports car comes in with Ultra Boy at the wheel, sort of hanging over the um, windshield, and triplicate girl riding shotgun in the passenger seat. And um, one of the one of the Legion recruits says, look at that, look at that, what is that? And we can see all the smoke pouring out of the back of the car. This crate runs on museum-quality fossil fuel, says Triplicate Girl. What's the operating cost? An ultra boy says, about a 1,000 credits a foot. Wow, says Triplicate Girl. I'm worth it, says Ultra Boy. Life's short, take pleasure. And Triplicate Girl says, you tend to. Here's how I look at it, he says. Rules are for chumps, she offers. No, he says, conformity is for chumps. Being scared of stretching your muscles is for chumps. True or false? The city life quality filters will purify every trace of whatever chemical residue this baby leaves behind. True, she says. We're posing no imminent danger then. True, she says. And a um, what looks like a, a science police camera flies in. It says, this is SP risk management drone XYZ73H. Your vehicle is unsanctioned. Cease operation. Ultra Boy says, and yet we're not, we're supposed to turn over the keys for no other reason than your own safety. True, says Triplicate Girl. And there's a loud explosion of the of the um, the drone and Ultra Boy zaps it and he says, I have heat vision, scrish. So true, says Triplicate Girl. And we cross to um, another part of Metropolis where they're driving along a skyline and... Um, he says, Cos says our behaviour is under extra scrutiny, though. He says we have to set an example. I am, she says. This is what it's like to be me. Uh, I think he says, I am. I'm being an individual. Copy that. Wow. More specific, please, he says. Wow. I can't figure you out, she says. I'm not complicated, says um, Ultra Boy. This is me. In summary, I like to have fun. I'm a superhero and it'd be fun to take about an hour to ruin you for all the other men. Ooh. That last one's a great line, she says. He says, it's not a line. And she looks at him. And uh, Just before we go on, 
Yes. I think it's interesting to note that the other two dates that she's been on, there's been very much a two-way conversation. But with Ultra Boy, it's just him talking about himself. And I wonder, I've been wondering as we've been watching these dates, are we seeing different characters to the triplicate girls? And um, certainly this triplicate girl takes her date a little bit further than the other two because next thing we see Ultra Boy's shirt on the floor and they're in a darkened room in an embrace and she's saying, mm, come on, baby, says Ultra Boy. Come on, do it. Do what, she says. You know what, says Ultra Boy. Use your power, he says. What makes you think I'm not, she says. And uh, he, he looks around him, can't see anything, and then suddenly the door opens and in walks Sun Boy and Triplicate Girl. And the rock tonight says, Neltorian, says Dirk. And uh, Ultra Boy and Triad hear a noise on the Triplicate other side. Girl. Triplicate Girl, thank you. And... Uh, it's um, Jan and Triplicate Girl walking in. This Triplicate Girl's holding her flower. And she and Jan says, a matter of electrons and isotopes. And the three dates look at each other, Jan, Dirk and Ultra Boy, and all have a stunned look on their faces. And I think in this scene we actually can see a bit of a difference in the character of the three of them. I think you've got the gentle one who's, who's enjoying the flower, We've got the one who's who's um, had the deep conversation with with Dirk and shared all about her life, and then we've got the one that's getting undressed with Ultra Boy. A little bit more of a wild girl, I think so. So I think we've got a little bit of that still. And then we see the three guys running. Um, Ultra Boy's grabbed his shirt, and Light Lass and Shadow Lass watch them run past. And Light Lass says, "Where are you three off to?" Bah! They all shout, and we see the three triplicate girls lying on the bed staring up and one of them says, I don't understand boys at all. And another one says, I know. And the one with the flower says, still, I had the best time today. And one of the others says, no, I did. And the other one says, only one way to decide for sure. And they all merge into one. And then we see the three um, reflections in a mirror of the one triplicate girl. And in comes a figure in the shadows. Well, what did you learn from them? And she says that there's trouble ahead, the kind I've seen before. And she says, as wonderful as my first year on earth with the Legion was, I was eager to visit Karg again. I missed myself and wanted to share all the new things I'd learned and how I'd changed. And you see her on a space, um, I guess, transport. But when I returned home, the rest of me became uneasy, looked away, pulled away. One by one, they refused to reassimilate me. I changed too much. Subtle differences, like how my biochemistry had adapted to an alien diet or how my speech patterns had modified, frightening them as much as the bigger differences in my ideas and viewpoints. I was a stranger to them. Now and forever, and we see her standing alone on Karg with all the versions of herself walking away and then we get a headshot of her and she says that's why what i've heard today scares me the legion's far more fragmented in ideology and purpose than any of us were aware if we don't start integrating we'll be lucky to survive the next few weeks much less the next few years element lad is convinced that we're drawn together by circumstance more than ideology that we're approaching some historical turning point on the horizon 
and we're meant to simply witness it. Ultra Boy wouldn't say so outright, but he's here because we're like gangs he rang with back on Rimbor. We have one another's backs, and that makes him feel safe more than motivated. Sun Boy is scary smart, but I get a real sense that he's not so much dedicated as he is eager to be admired. It's hard to tell if he's loyal or if he's acting loyal because he's in the spotlight. The shadowy figure says, this is going to be a lot harder job than I expected, isn't it? And we see that it's Cosmic Boy standing there. You can always surrender your leadership to Brainiac 5, Triplicate Girl says. Over my dead body, says Cosmic Boy. Like it or not, I'm apparently responsible for an entire generation's right to freedom. My team has no code or discipline. Brainy's arrogant enough to think I don't recognise the makings of an internal coup. And we're facing some sort of mysterious apocalypse on the horizon that could claim billions of lives. It's time for stage two. And I don't know about you, Derek, but the way Cosmic Boy is standing sort of in the shadows here, his face looks very much like the face with the three diamonds on it that girl saw in her dream. And I'm wondering if Kitson and Wade um, are suggesting that, that it's actually him that's going to cause the problems. I think there's probably something to that because the two figures do have similar hairstyles. They do have similar body types. Uh, even in this picture of Cos standing in the doorway, there's just a mark above his temple that you could go, yeah. oh, is that is that something that's hidden coming out? Absolutely. And we don't know who the mysterious figure is. We just know that they exist. And it's also setting up a, I guess, a, a conflict between him and Brainy. Um, yes. Well, yes, there you go. Um, yes. So, Derek, have you got info on when the um, Legion of Substitute podcast has last covered this? Oh, uh, um, yes, I'm sure I do. Hang on, let me just um, um, go to a different tab. Uh, yes. So, if you want to listen to what the LOSP did uh, on this issue originally, that's going to have to go back into the Wayback Machine all the way back to the 17th of January 2011. Uh, in episode 119 of the, the flagship podcast. Pretty amazing. And I don't know about you, Derek, but I was pretty um, blown away by the fact that um, Paul and the guys have got to um, episode 800. Um, quite 800. an achievement. Yes. Quite an achievement. And um, yeah, Paul and that, I were talking a little bit about the numbering. We will not join that numbering. We'll start <laughs> our own <laughs> numbering <laughs> um, just to keep things a bit simpler. No. But, but even the, um, you know, when they were figuring out the numbering of what was issue 800, um, there was obviously some clear differences of opinion on what issue 800 was going to be. So it could be it could be this issue, it could be an issue in 20 or 30 issues time, and make up your own 800. I reckon issue 800 should be your favourite issue. I think so. I think um, I, I, I don't actually want to think how many um, issues of um, Legion of Superheroes I have on my shelves, but I'm sure it numbers more than 800. Um, but um, let's hope everyone is a, um, a Legion fan for that long. That Yay. would be fantastic. Hooray. Terrific. Well, it's been, it's been a good week. We'll be back um, next week with uh, issue four. And uh, I don't know about you, Derek, but I'm loving um, the reread on this. Yes, I am too. I'm loving the dialogue. I'm loving the art. Um, 
yeah, I can't wait to see where we go next. Fantastic. All right. If you want to um, farewell, everyone, um, we'll see you next week. Sure thing. Okay, folks, you know that you can send us your thoughts on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. And we're on the Facebook at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com where you can join in the conversation. We're on X as LOSP Podcast and we're also on the Blue Sky as LOSP Podcast. In addition to all those things, you can head on over to the website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com where you can leave a comment on this or any other episode. And if you do, we will answer your comment. And with that, we're back in our time bubble and we'll see you all next week. Eat it, Grandpa. Grandpa.